0: Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is
1: Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned.
0: Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits, and we are back with a brand new episode of The Stack, uh, where we go over some of the newer books that have come out in DC Comics. Let's go around the round table. Tonight, we got Robin D. Cross from Canada.
2: Uh, something Canadian.
0: We got <laughs> uh, the Bat Force Times over from uh, New York, and we have the mighty, mighty Trunkler over from Chicago. Bi-monthly, <laughs> yeah,
1: chili dog boy.
0: Chill on that doomsday clock uh, schedule. I'm uh, bad for Tom yep. over from Southern California, <laughs> and um, I know that. When was the last time we? What was the last episode that we had out? Was it a regular episode or was it a stack episode? I can't Ooh, remember. Either way, we've been stressed. on a.
2: Was it? Uh, was it maybe the uh, the Morrison rest in peace issue?
0: Wow, that was a long time ago. Is that uh, really the last episode we came out with? That seems like it was we've like... been slacking. Wow. Okay. No, well, we did a stack episode. Yeah, uh, basically, long story long is um, we've had kind of a a messed up schedule, a lot of uh, illnesses and and extended family and people coming in and out of the hospital. And so it's just been tough for everybody to kind of get down on the same day and the same night to record some episodes. But um, we're back and we plan on being a little bit more consistent now that we are back. We got some of the technical difficulties that we had going on out of the way, uh, so we're rolling back with basically uh, full cannons uh, twirling. I guess is uh, is what we got going on, but we have a Do p- cannons twirl. I mean, I I twirl cannons here and there. I, I was I think yeah, okay. it w- I guess I was like in my picture in my head I was picturing like twirling guns, I guess, and then okay. like for some reason I just thought cannons. But
2: anyway, I expected that maybe cannons was a
0: euphemism for breasts. <laughs> twirling twirling breasts. That's, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever used the word twirling, but I, I'm going <laughs> to start talking that, out, so we'll see. Um, anyways, start this, this trying is... trying to a... make twirling happen. <laughs> um, we have a crazy week, uh, past couple of weeks, really, but uh, we're going to be going over you uh, four books, I believe, is what we mentioned, uh, one of them being Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy, the other one being Batman issue, is it 42 or 43? Batman 42. issue... yeah. 42. Uh, we have the newest issue of Nightwing as well as the newest issue of Detective Comics that recently came out. Um we going to start with uh, White Knight guys, right?
3: White Knight number 6, right?
0: Yeah. So oh. uh, a brief oh, little diggity. a brief little um intro for the story. I feel like this this book if you guys just listen to this podcast because it's an easy way to not have to read the comics or um you just you know it's it's a great way of just kind of passing or killing time that's great but you guys are really missing out if you're not reading this book because me personally it's my favorite batman story that i've read i can't even remember how long it's been and that's including all the ongoing books that's including elsewhere books all that shit man this is probably after it's all said and done after all is it eight issues twelve issues Eight. After eight all, issues. eight issues come Don't out. Uh, I think it's probably going to be my top three Batman stories of all time. Easily, I can say mm. that. Basically, it's, it's kind of a little story where uh, Sean Murphy, the artist, has been allowed to create a Batman story set in his own little timeline slash universe, but he also borrows a lot of the aspects of Batman the Animated Series, um, as well as kind of uh, like the Burton universe. Uh, I think those are the two things that influenced him the most as far as Batman when he was coming up. And because of that, he pulls a lot from that and he kind of puts it into this story. Um, His art style is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Uh, Really gritty. um, Very technical, too. Yeah, like he's got his line work is insane. (laughs) He's a car guy, so he loves uh, drawing cars. So he loves all the little details that go into every little thing that you can think of and his
2: machines too and buildings everything
4: No,
0: you know architecture is when,
4: nice,
2: yeah. yeah typically when you you when you use the word gritty to describe an artist they have like loose lines and you know it's a that like there's pulp, not pulp as much stuff, detail right? in there yeah but he managed Sean Murphy manages gritty with the maximum amount of detail you can imagine. Mm,
0: yeah. I, I love the fact that mm. um, part of the things that has kind of come out in the story is the, the GCPD division of superheroes that are now working. Is that called the GTO? Yep. yeah, Which he just fucking shoved in there so he can use GTO as an acronym. Yep. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's also a great way of looking at the story. It's like if you picture Batman getting his hands fucking greasy and sitting down in a high-speed GTO... And just fucking gunning it. That's kind of what this book feels like. Um, Every issue just keeps getting more (coughs) complex as far as story. It gets deeper. Levels get deeper. You know, the stakes get higher. Uh, I feel like the last three or four issues have had crazy reveals near the end of each issue and if you even it, it can be even argued that that's been happening every issue because every issue has something that is unlike anything else in the batman universe that's been kind of happening as it goes on and uh if you're a fan of the animated series this is a great kind of thing to jump in on if you're a fan of tim burton's batman this is a great um book to jump on but if you're a fan of just out there stories that are going to surprise you and kind of challenge the way you think of Batman, this is also great. It's just all those things rolled into one, and I don't know if this guy's been sitting on the story like all his life, but it just, I mean, the fact that he writes it and draws it is just insane because, you know, normally you get a good book and you like the art, but sometimes we always talk about, oh, you know, the story kind of dragged on the last issue or the last arc wasn't that good or, you know, the art's starting to slip, but this story has been just fucking home run after home run after every issue, and... Issue number six, I think, probably like the the peak right now. We're at like the, you know, we're at the kind of height of the mountain of the story. But um, what do you guys think so far? Like what has been your favorite parts of the story? What do you think you would like to share with people to kind of get them onto this book? Because if this needs to be the number one selling DC book right now. I don't think it is. But it needs to be.
2: Yeah, there, there's no reason why it shouldn't be aside from the fact that a book that isn't a flagship title will never get same number of casual readers jumping on board with it. But uh, I, I think once this comes to trade paperback, going to be a massive seller there as well. Like, as it is, it's a top, every issue is a top 10 book. Yeah. And every issue has been selling out, going to multiple printings. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, by the time uh, trade paperback comes out, cause, uh, there comes a point where even when a book has gone to three printings, you just can't find that issue one in shops anymore.
0: <laughs> That's right, yeah. Or... So, you
2: know, a lot of people won't be reading it because they they couldn't get issue one.
0: You might be able to find a fourth print, which is, I think, the what it's gone to so far. That issue one has gone to fourth print. I think all of them have gone to three printing, if not for. What okay, so the when I when I see the book, when I when I read it, when I'm when I'm like uh in the moment of it, I I get a very I get a sense of Batman the Animated Series for sure. A little bit of Burton, but it's almost like it's its own thing. Like he's taking those two styles, but at the same time he's creating something on his own. So it feels like almost like a continuation of maybe what would have come after those two um I guess, you know, story feelings, I guess. But that's what I get. What do you, guys, what do you pick from it, Robin? Like, what does it feel like to you when you're reading this? Uh, I, I definitely have that
2: sense of the animated series universe that he obviously, you, you can feel it immediately that he based it in that. And he's said as much that he, he sort of based it in that universe. And it's like he took that, took that universe and brought m- more real world to it. Because everything is just, nothing's as polished as the animated series was. Nothing's as, as happy. And, and he's, you mentioned how how much work is going into the fact that he's not only drawing it, but writing it. And it's not, neither of those parts are simple in any way he's he's not doing simple art it's highly detailed and the story is highly detailed he's not telling a simple story there's so much going on he's got politics in there and morality and so much going on and contrasts between characters like particularly in in this issue six uh, the contrasts between what characters what length characters are willing or not willing to go to uh like we see the the difference between dick and barbara the the length they're willing to go to
1: to bring batman to to a stop on well even um even jim gordon to to jump on what you're saying i mean throughout it all even you know throughout regular batman stories jim gordon knows that Batman's a vigilante. They've got that friendship going. He allows... You know, he kind of turns the other... He kind of turns a blind eye to Batman being the whole vigilante because he is doing good. But even in this issue, like you were saying, the conflict between Dick Grayson and Barbara, you also, you know, you see that Jim Gordon has to resort to, you know, what's right, what's the law, and, you know, having to make those decisions on... Excuse me. um, Make those decisions on, you know, bringing Batman to, to, uh,
0: to justice. I'm hoping that they do... The gallery edition, yeah, man. Like, I want to see all levels of this thing broken down, just because it's such a great book. Trunks, you think that uh, you think that this thing's uh, overblown, a little overhyped? Do you think it's just as good as people say?
1: No, it's it's just as good, if not better than what people are saying. I mean, you folks have heard us talk about it every month that it comes out, and you can take, you know, definitely take our word for it. But it's one of those things you have to read it to to believe it. I mean, yeah. like we've already talked about um, it. It's hard for a guy who's writing and doing the art to be able to be solid on both. To have this much detail in the art while he's writing the story. And stay on schedule. Yeah. And not have to get pushed back a month or have it be a bi-monthly. I mean, Murphy's just—I mean, he's pulling all—he's pulling out all the stops on this guy. He, I, he, he, I, he, I
2: can't praise the book enough. I mean, I think we've all said it, but if anybody wants to talk about any part of this book being hype, issue six shuts that down. Uh, yeah. I think this is the best issue so far. There's so much going on just from some things just being cool shit to see happening and just things being smart and surprising. Now, uh, with with the 89 uh, Batmobile in here, uh, Tom, correct if I'm wrong, I, I think that you have a particular distaste for the 89 Batman stuff. So Terrible. Did, did, you, did you hate this issue for, for having that Batmobile?
0: <laughs> I had to pull it out of the fire about three or four times because I felt bad, but... Um... <laughs> Now, all kidding aside, the Burton verse is was my introduction to Batman uh, at three years old, and uh, has had a special place in my heart. So when I first started seeing, um, when I first heard that Gor- Sean Gordon Murphy was going to be doing a Batman book by by himself and allowed to write the story, I assumed that he was going to have like a little bit of Burton influence stuff in there because he had mentioned that he uh, that was his favorite stuff. I had no idea that the fucking guy was going to be basically writing, like, a futuristic, like, sequel to what he would love to have seen happen, I guess. Um, this shit is the fucking type of shit that I've been waiting my entire life to, like, see done well in comics. Like, this, this is... I can't get over how every page, every issue... Is like oh my god if if they would have continued that universe in the films or if they would have continued that universe like anywhere television show something this is exactly how I think it fucking would have been and maybe that's what he's doing maybe that's like part of this was you know if if I had my way and was able to write the animated series or if I had my way and I was able to write another Batman movie that you know took up took place after Batman Returns like what would I do how would I make it the aesthetic to this book is... I mean, I, I want to say it's like three jewels to the crown. First is the story. Regardless of what universe it's set in, it's a great fucking story. And, like, it just leaves you on cliffhangers. And then the second would be probably, you know, the the art and, and how it looks really cool and gritty. And the third is just that it's fucking so much Burton in this shit. You know, it's the eighty nine motherfucking Batmobile charging down the street, like going oh, up yeah. against going up against this other Batmobile, and it's like holy fucking shit! And the way they introduced it in the story was beautiful. Yeah, you know. To long story short, if you know, not spoiling too much because I, you guys really need to read this thing. But Bat, the the story takes place in, in the sense that Jack Napier or the Joker rather has decided to um, take batman out for good and so the best way to do that is to become jack napier to no longer be the joker and to take him out using gotham against him um, so he uses politics he's the uh, the gcpd against batman he becomes this kind of revolutionary figure politically to influence uh not just the mob but also influence the the politicians and, and government in gotham to turn against Batman, and he's almost successfully done it so far. And uh, at this point in the story, Jim Gordon has decided to bring Batman in and to arrest him. And uh, they're they're kind of spitballing about how can we fucking bring Batman down. This guy's got all these gadgets, he's got all this shit. Uh, well, you're gonna have to use a small EMP, but well, that's gonna take out like you know half the like, three city blocks, you know. And like you're gonna have to use something against him that is not digital; it's analog. And it's like, do we have anything? And then mm-hmm. like Nightwing's like, no but i can steal one and then like the next panel is the fucking 89 batmobile charging down the fucking street with jim gordon <laughs> driving it
2: and it's like something the, analog something oh, old school god damn yeah, yeah,
1: tom, i mean <clears throat> tom be, being an 89 fan as you're i mean because i think you're a little bit of a fan of the uh, 89 uh, movies um what did you think when you turned that page and you saw that 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 two page of you know three quarters of it is the the eighty nine Batmobile.
0: I mean, without thinking, I saved the image. And made, <laughs> I made it my background on my phone. Like that's. I didn't even finish reading. I didn't even finish reading the book. I, I, I turned. I, I you know I mm-hmm. we we're we're on digital now. So very big thanks to our friends over at DC Comics for sending it early to us so we can do reviews. But I scrolled up, and as I scrolled up. I went, oh, as I saw the artwork that this fucking guy has been waiting his entire life to draw the '89 Batmobile like perfectly for a book. It seems like,
1: and it's beautiful.
0: It was amazing. It's, it's absolutely funny. amazing. It's
1: funny.
2: You you're making uh, the page uh, your your wallpaper as you're reading it. I'm getting messages from Scott as he's reading it. He's like, I'm on page two. I'm on page two. This is amazing. I'm on page four. This is amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I wasn't even, was even taking pictures of it. And that, dude, I mean, if, if my wife was on, she, I was sitting there reading it, and as soon as I turned, that I saw him. I, I just squealed with joy. I mean, it's beautiful. He even head down, even heads down, where the the turrets for the the guns were from the eighty nine, where it pops up and he you know to shoot the barricades down. On,
2: on the topic of Dick's involvement here, uh, on the topic of dicks. his willingness, yes, on the topic of dicks, as is my you know my Great most segue. common topic. Now let's talk about circumcision on uh, <laughs> D- Dixa' uh, involvement in the whole plan to take, to bring Batman in right in the beginning pages of this issue, strengthening a theory that I've had that, Dick going against Batman here throughout this story is a work. I, I've, I've just had this inkling all along, and it's really strengthened here that the two of them are in on this together. Dick is pretending to be going against Batman so that they can uh, conduct all of this to go exactly to their plan strengthened so much by the fact that dick is you know all in with the gto he's wearing the gto logo and he always he's he's on their side he's playing ball but when it comes to uh, when jim gordon says he wants to know who batman is dick says no no we're we're not telling you that that wasn't the deal and when it comes to you know when we get him we're unmasking no no we're not doing that so Dick is willing to do things like stealing the Batmobile to bring him in and, and work with the GTO and and help them take Batman down. But he's not willing to do anything that you can't come back from. Mm, that's a good point. And uh, Barbara may or may not, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised, it would be very Bruce and Dick to have this whole plan where it looks like, Dick has turned on Bruce, and they leave Barbara out—you know, leave her in the dark—so she has like plausible deniability. You know, she's freaking out on Dick because she sees him turning on Bruce, and
0: yeah, it,
2: that's, it, uh, that's that's really my gut feeling on it.
0: It definitely sees that. Uh, it definitely seems that if that's not like happening, Batman is just losing everything in this moment, and that's never really the case with this guy. But
3: my favorite thing about White Knight in general is how he brought. Harley, the Harley everybody oh, loves that right. because mm-hmm. yeah. like I was telling these guys like episode two ago I was like I kind of gave up on the character just fucking whack and and then Sean the Murphy comes run. out with yeah the current run yeah. and the, the you know the the marketing of her the hot topic it was just
2: yeah the, yeah the, oh, the, the oh. current culture of of all of her collectibles yeah. and things.
3: yeah because it, it's just it got corny and overdone now in commercial whereas you know when we grew up all of us watched animated series and knowing about the character she was like a she was almost like a really cool in the know character at one point wasn't she and then Harley is really cool and then she was with the sirens but then past couple of years you know with that. The, the the goofy comic run and the over it, it just it, it got overdone and bleached out and then Murphy comes out with with not only like this really cool harlene Quinzel but fucking Neo Joker as well like it's just, oh yeah and that's just one of many elements that makes this story so great so far is you know just uh I've been I've been um listening to a lot of other reviews from other of our our peers the comic book reviewers all over social media and they're already starting to think that it could be up there with like you know year one or long halloween status eventually depending on if if murphy can finish strong so that's that says a lot about this story oh, um that and the, my my the favorite part about this is uh is the artwork um but for, for uh, issue six the way he drew the 89 batmobile is ridiculously accurate it's just too fucking good so uh, yeah to see cool. that thing on the road was really cool definitely it's a good I mean, point
0: good point you make about the harley thing it's funny that he it's almost like this guy's been like in conversations with us when he makes especially in this issue a reference to a uh, hot topic what is it hot robbing a hot topic yeah, yeah. He,
4: he's
3: he he's sick of he's sick of it too. you could tell he's a, a after school animated series oh, yeah. generation kid like us, you know like he's sick of this shit too and uh yeah. but he has the you know he has the keys to do something about it exactly, so yeah you know, so that's, that's that's pretty awesome. we really couldn't ask for anything more so far you know, for a Batman story with this, I had I had high hopes for this, but I didn't think, damn, I didn't, I didn't think the story <laughs> was going to be. I never read Punk Rock Jesus, which he did, so I didn't know about his level of, um, r- you know, writing or creative writing, but, um, and I don't know if he has a ghostwriter or not, but uh, it's a really, really, really solid story so far. Well, I has, wouldn't be surprised if has, a couple uh, of his peers are like, you know, grinding their teeth a little, like, what the fuck? Yeah, Where did this guy the, go yeah, yeah,
0: His wife is a writer herself. I, <laughs> uh granted the different like, kind of type of writer, but. Um, like erotic writing or something? Yeah, but. But, I mean, yeah. it's it makes sense that he probably has heard to bounce ideas off of um, at home to to kind of critique and to flush. Well, he talks
3: to Scott as well. I know he talks to Scott Snyder. They're friends. Yeah. They're yeah. Snyder's in Long Island, and he's in you know Murphy's over here in Brooklyn. So uh, and you know, they're I'm
2: about sure he's... To do. A, they're about to do a main book together when this is done too. Nutty. Oh shit. Yeah. Damn.
3: It, yeah. I forgot about that. That's gonna be
2: crazy. And he was so, also uh,
0: supposed to jump on and do part of uh, All Star at one point. Mm. What, yeah, when...
2: and well, that's that's what the the plan for having him do an arc in All Star is what turned into the Batman story they'll be doing oh, okay. now, which will yeah. be called uh, Last Night. So they Dude, just, Snyder
3: they just... wanted... <laughs> he wanted he wanted Vermeerho. Oh. Yeah, he wanted Pope.
4: Yeah, you, want yeah. Pole, you, you wanted the guy. 96
3: okay. NBA All-Star lineup, yeah. oh. man. Okay, Scott. Okay, I, I hear you, man. I
0: hear what you want. Okay, but <laughs> honestly, we, we want an event book, okay? We want something in the summer, all right? We'll let you get, come back into your little goofy little little clubhouse later, but we kind of want an event book from you, okay? And then afterwards, you can play with your friends, okay? <laughs>
2: I
3: wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what he told him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> shit.
2: Um... um there's one other thing worth noting because it goes right back to issue one. Uh, so after things uh, things go bad, Batman, you know, spoilers, don't listen to what I'm going to say if you haven't read the issue yet. After uh, Batman gets taken down and we see how things are going, there's a part where Harley says, uh, what have I done? That... Uh, really leads back to uh, to issue one when we started off with Batman taking down Joker there's that scene where he was beating Joker in front of the police and and dumping those pills down his throat Mm -hmm. and we saw someone recording it on a cell phone and then walking away when everything finished and you could tell from the silhouette it was her her saying what have i done really signifies that she was orchestrating what jack was doing all along
3: yeah and jack lays a whooping on batman too after he crashes and then he he asks what has he done after he He's like standing over Batman, and um, he carries him into Arkham, which is pretty crazy. It's really iconic. And then you have that mega, mega, mega freeze gun that Neo Joker blasts into Gotham City.
0: Yeah, she and people Gotham saying that she's cheeks. at
3: this point the most powerful villain <laughs> freezes that shit, and um, and then Joker becomes the Joker again in the precinct.
0: Do you think he kind of like did it like he he didn't take his pills? Or he, like, just fucking was but, able to just, like, turn it on? I
3: don't know. That's a good question.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like it was the
2: the trauma to him of what he had done. Even the pills couldn't uh, couldn't hold that yeah. part of him in anymore. Like, he, yeah. well, part, in part of the alley,
0: I thought he was going to turn right in the alley. Because yeah. it almost looks like oh, the yeah, way he's, like, he's crouched over, his hair is all disheveled, and it's starting to curl the way, like, the Joker's is, and... His nose yeah. kind of looks... And yeah.
2: That, that, yeah. Up. That's a, the that's a thing that's been growing through the issues uh, from the beginning. There have been things like when you see Jack in the courtroom, he looks normal, but his shadow looked like Joker. And yeah. as the issues have progressed, he's begun to look more and more like Joker himself.
3: Oh, shit. And I, I love the part where you pretty much have, like, a 100 Gotham City police officers pointing guns <laughs> at him once he transforms. And just, that's like, just so- that's so... So classic. Early in the <laughs>
1: issue, um, he's popping pills and Quinzel, popping. and yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that that's too much you're taking. And then, yeah, like you said, in the police station, top, they're all talking, and then he starts laughing. The entire the entire GCPD just immediately you know, pull their guns on I mean, he's surrounded by you know, twenty guns pointing at his
2: head. There's also the furthering of the little bit of history we had been shown before between Victor Freeze's family and the Wayne so we found out a lot here uh, about uh, Victor feeling closer to the Waynes than to his to his own father you know, he hated his father his father was a Nazi and you know wanted to wanted to make weapons Thomas wanted the, the freeze tech for its ability to heal people so uh, you know we we sort of got that scare of you know, it looking like this is a, a, another story where the Waynes weren't as good as we thought, like in uh, like in the Telltale uh, game. You know, uh, it's, mm. they've got Thomas has a, a much darker history than we like to think about.
4: Mm. But this yeah.
2: one, it sort of hinted at that, but then revealed like no, nope, he he was doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to use it for
3: healing people so was, they went uh... in the medical field.
0: I was, mm-hmm. half, I was half waiting to see like a Nazi Bukkake scene or something like that. I'm glad we didn't, though. No. Anyways, <laughs> Batman, Batman 42.
3: Batman 42, Everybody, everyone loves Ivy Part
1: 2, is it? I think it's I, I think it's called Everyone Loves the Supervillain Ivy, right?
3: Yes, that's right. Everyone loves the Supervillain <laughs> well, Ivy. Sure warning, trigger warning, trigger um, warning.
0: So this super is... Supervillain league. This is the second issue of uh, Tom King introducing uh, Poison Ivy into his Batman run. She was in the uh, War of Jokes and Riddles in a very, very minor uh, role, just in a couple of issues where she's kind of uh, a member of the Riddler gang. But um, this kind of uh, touches a little bit upon that. The first issue... Uh, a couple of weeks ago was almost like a what the fuck is going on through most of that issue. And we come to find out that everyone in the world, se- or at least Gotham, seems to be under the mind control of Poison Ivy. And mm-hmm. has, um, she has basically Batman and Catwoman trapped in Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. And uh, this yeah, is issue- because
3: they they were able to inject themselves with that, um, that antidote or whatever it is. Yeah,
2: they're all block- the cure <laughs> Yeah, in- inoculated them uh, when the effects <clears throat> were just starting. So, yeah,
3: and so at this point, this makes Ivy the most powerful being in the DC universe at this point. In or in that, this she,
2: yeah, she, she's controlling the everybody. entire world. Yeah, See
3: that, boys? That's, fuck, that's a super villain. That's a metahuman human supervillain for you, yeah, boy? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> Ivy's getting her too, boy. So what's <laughs> what's
0: what's uh what's awesome is, well, what's what's interesting I guess I could say, uh, depending on what side of the fence you're on, um, Tom King's kind of like a... Given us little flavors of his interpretation of these characters, he gave us some Superman, gave us some Lois. We've had Catwoman this whole time. He did Joker, he did Riddler, and now he's kind of touching on Ivy. And um, I don't, I, I, didn't know this underground, um, right wing, um, you know, far right, alt right kind of fandom existed on Twitter until recently. With how um, Twitter has just really become a gross place where people just go and. <laughs> are like so entitled to think that like an artist or a writer needs to fucking write the way that they see a character and it's like listen the fuck up it's their book it's their story let them do their thing if you don't like it don't read it but don't think that they're gonna give you what you want because you deserve it. It's just fucking insane.
2: Uh, but- yeah, but Twitter is where you go if you want to see horrible things being said about any person or thing. And see some massive senses of entitlement.
0: It's just so beyond like anything i could comprehend that i guess there's just kids on the internet that just fucking they got nothing else to do after they come home from school and, and just bitch well, you know, like you know what like charles is? barkley
3: said charles barkley's like hey man yeah i don't i don't go on that social media stuff man because fuck them jerk offs man there's just people out there that just want to give someone a bad day man. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of nailed you
2: know, it the, the problem is that they come home from school and they have nothing to do because when they come home from school there's no batman in the animated series on
3: exactly that's right Damn yeah, right. So, this is, well, I think we're referring to like some warped people out there that think poison ivy should be a full blown hundred percent hero.
0: Well, it's not just that; um, and it's also it's been going on since uh, he introduced Catwoman and all these people wanting wanting the relationship <laughs> this way. And all this, it's like it's just been fucking yeah. nonstop with almost everything as, as far as what Tom King's been writing the last couple arcs. But there's you no know, this- no we
3: know we know Tom King. Tom King's our friend and. It's funny because I can almost guarantee you he laughs at all of this shit. I know he gets a kick oh, out of it. I know he just like you know takes a little like hour you know like a break once an hour to see what's going on and just giggles at all the nonsense
2: going on. Yeah, like Tom, Tom used to handle terrorists. He he, he <laughs> is not bothered by some keyboard warriors. Uh, Bitching on Twitter, yeah. And Tom gets a unique sort of criticism. I don't see other writers facing this critiquing of every issue, where there's a wave of people saying, "No, you give me exactly what I want in (laughs) every facet of this character's portrayal," or "I'm gonna bitch you out."
3: You know what the problem is? These kids on the on Twitter, they. They use things like, all right. So this one person's using like saying like emotional distress if her if her favorite character is not written in a certain way, or uh, she's this person's depressed if their character is not written this way that way. And just like the Batgirl cover by Albuquerque with the Joker, people were saying that nerds were making death threats (laughs) if this. And I'm like, nerds? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. But they they'll, they'll say whatever they they can to try to get their way you know and it worked that time you know because
0: social terrorists
3: someone's making a death threat if a fucking a cover does it goes down or stays up or something like that like and really i don't know man it just, it seemed a little out They're there They're trying to censor art they will definitely say whatever they'll try to use anything they can on twitter to try to persuade these writers to write their characters the way they see fit and
2: and and, and back to the uh the whole mess when he made it look like maybe possibly bruce and diana were maybe almost gonna kiss and there were people oh. tweeting tom king that oh this, this isn't just a rating choice you you're taking the the hearts and hopes of people who love oh these characters and twisting them.
0: That doesn't make you a bad get writer. Off. It makes you a bad person. Yeah, exactly. That's what's... Get <laughs> a fucking helmet, kid. Jesus Christ. This <laughs> is nuts. But all that aside, you know, we're always open to an interpretation of a character that, uh, um, you know, might stir the pot. So that's kind of what's going on uh, in this. In, well, what's not even, dude. Like, he's, he's not, like... Tom King is not doing anything with Ivy that is, like, fucking, like, crazy, shocking, or, like, I can't believe you, or how dare you. Um, he's just writing her the way he fucking wants to write her. And it's great, because he is kind of doing something she's that's... Ne- yeah, he's doing something that's kind of and never been sorry. done before. Is he's making her <laughs> almost like a god. You know what I mean?
2: And she's... Her villainy is... Aside from you, know, the fact that she that it's using you know, unrealistic abilities, her villainy comes from a place of mm-hmm. real world villainy because every every villain thinks that I think it was in Injustice. It was probably Batman that said uh, every villain is the hero of their own story. So mm-hmm. just like in Injustice, Superman thought he was doing the the right thing he was protecting the world but he was he was doing horrible things to do it and that's what ivy is doing here you know sure her villainy is in she wants to help the world she thinks she's helping the world but she's being horrible and evil to do it by taking con controlling everyone and forcing her will on the world but yeah. she thinks she's doing good and that's where her villainy is and that that does not make you an anti-hero does not make you a hero it does not
1: you know she she's a villain exactly I mean even at the beginning of the issue uh, Bruce and Selina are sitting on the couch or watching a news story and even there they're saying um, you know the guns are quiet the children are eating our home our earth is healing we are all happy so it's not that she's just going around killing people for no reason she sees it as humanity can't, you know, humanity is bad in itself. So I'm giving, I'm giving humanity what they want. They want peace. They want no children to go start on, you know, no war. Just like how you brought up with Superman and injustice. He thought he was doing the right thing by any means necessary. And that's what exactly what Ivy's doing. And uh, like you said, I mean, it doesn't make you a good person for doing that. You're forcing your will on other people
3: yeah she's an eco-terrorist those are even worse everyone one country's or earth's freedom fighters and others terrorists so it's on a whole different scale you know she'll do whatever it takes what's that what's uh, that organization uh, called uh, complete ideal
0: there's that group called earth first that are basically like like fucking eco terrorists where like they'll go and um i remember reading about them like years ago where They'll go to, like, try to fucking set bombs up on, like, windmills or, like, on things that they feel, like, are destroying the environment. But they'll do it to the point where they'll put, like, human lives at risk. You know, like, they'll fucking set up a yeah, bomb at exactly. a place they know somebody's yeah. going to die. Like, if they set it off, someone's going to die. But they're like, oh, no, you know, it has to be done in the name of Mother Earth and all this shit. It's like, well, motherfucker, like, that's completely against, like, uh, the, the, the our species, you know, like... Well, I mean, like...
1: You know, in the past Ivy's always been Mother Earth plants are better than you know human life. so she will eradicate human life as long as the flower or the plant survive. what Tom King's doing is, okay, Ivy's evolved. she knows that she can't you know she she can't get away with killing all all of humanity. so what's the next best thing? Okay, well, I'll. That the plants will create a almost like a drug. Uh, you know, she's not poisoning the food or poisoning the water or anything like that. The plants, uh, the chemistry of the plants are making people just sub, uh, subservient to ivy. So instead of you know just killing off all of humanity, she's evolved to the point of saying, Okay, well, I can't kill all the humans because that's gonna be bad or someone's gonna try and stop me. But if I make everybody just happy, then plants will live, the humans will live. So, you know, yeah, she's not the maybe she's taking a step forward from being this quote unquote villain that we've seen in the past, but she's still doing it in the wrong way.
0: Um, getting into the story a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was another, you know, just, Tom King has his specific style. Um, it's fast paced. It's um, like, you know, it, it moves quick. Um, it relies a lot on the art and the art is fucking great in this issue. Just the way he, you know, the way the, everything's drawn, the colors, Everything looks awesome. But uh, this issue was kind of crazy, but it was also kind of fun and funny again, um, the way it's been in the last couple of uh, issues with Tom King. One of the things that I liked is the whole time in the story, um, Catwoman is know- knowing that Poison Ivy's listening to everything. She's kind of like continuously making comments as far as like uh, what she thinks will probably be pleasing for Ivy to hear. And uh, at one point, when it's like she's talking, she looks over, they're in the Batmobile. And uh, they're driving down the street, and she's like, it's nice for her to let, let us out, isn't it? And then she, like, screams up at Superman because she knows, like, Superman is basically like a satellite for Ivy. Like, I said, it's nice for you to let us out. And uh, <laughs> it, like, I, I, that shit made me fucking laugh. Like, there's just little things in this issue that made me smile, like uh, the Bad Burger place, um, the names of yeah. the, the food, the KG... Kg, what was it? KGB beast fries. or something K,
1: like? KGBLT. Yeah. Uh, Killer cro yeah. croque monsieur. Yeah. Killer
3: croque. You know Ace. what? I I think um, Tom King's writing sometimes it's so brilliant but so subtle. I think a lot of people don't get it. It's, you yeah. Know, it's just uh,
0: It's subtle. It's 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 witty and subtle. Subtle wit. And uh, yeah. if you're not if you don't if you don't get him, it goes over your head. That,
3: but if you do, it's it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. great, dude. Bad yeah. burger. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, <And man. laughs> even even the things that seem silly even the parts that seem silly goofy like it's a, a throwaway moment if you don't think about it there's a reason for all of it like them going to to the silly bat burger place it comes back in the end you know it, he was he was testing what she is allowing to happen he went to, he went to the restaurant there to see that okay even mm-hmm. though you're controlling the world you're still allowing people to to eat all these vegetables rather than just wiping out humanity you're you're letting them you're letting all of these plants die all of these people are 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 eating fruits and vegetables why are you letting us do that and that's how he figures out confirms his uh, the suspicion he must have had that she was doing it through uh people eating fruits and vegetables. And if, but if you don't consider that scene, you know, what he was doing, because it, it doesn't seem like a Batman thing to go to a fast food restaurant, and it's not, but he was doing it for a reason. You know, when he talks yeah. to her later, he says, you know, I, the, the burger had tomatoes and lettuce on it. I could have ordered a salad. And then after they leave there, he goes, he tries to visit uh, that the kid who had uh, an allergy to, to basically fruits and vegetables, and that uh, Wayne Tech had been trying to develop a way to, to help him. So there's this one kid who wasn't susceptible to her control because he couldn't eat that stuff, so she's done something different with him, you know, taking him away somewhere. So, you know, you the, the silly little things that he makes fun, there's a, there's a reason for them.
1: Well, yeah. um, in admit there was one scene where well, really quick, what do you guys think of um, how Batman took care of Superman? because they get to this they get to this house you don't know who this house is Bennett tells Selena hey come close i want to tell you something and I, I don't i don't want her to hear and he basically says i love you Kevin's like okay well whatever and then bruce whistles at a high pitched noise and <laughs> tremendous falls from the sky
0: the brown sound oh uh, brown the uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um uh, there's that one panel where he As you're walking to this house, you see all this lightning. Like something's racing towards them. Catwoman just basically takes out three flashes like it was nothing. And at first, I was thinking, Ah, come on, you know, there. You got the Flash, you've got Kid Flash, and you have Wally West. You got both Wally West. Flash and Catwoman kicks the shit out of them. But it actually Robin brought up a good point that it wasn't the flashes. It wasn't the flashes doing what they do. It was that you said um Ivy, what she thinks they would do, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's well, it's before that happens, Tom uses the two pages prior to set up what's happening, you know, that the purpose of him baiting Superman into listening super closely while he whispers something so close into Catwoman's ear, so an imperceptible, so even Superman is using, really focusing and hear, listening as, as loud as he can, so that when he, he whistles, you know, it's just this... M- deafening sound to superman and when catwoman is impressed that okay you know i was wrong you did it superman with a whistle and bruce says not superman clark knows when to listen and when not to listen so that is already it's pre-explaining what happens on the next page with the flashes the flashes that she's taking out it's ivy using their speed like she was using superman's hearing she doesn't know how to do it she's not good at it she's just trying to use it it's like if you get behind a, the wheel of a car for the first time and it's it's a really fast car and you try to just drive this car you're going to wreck and that mm-hmm. that's what's going on with this you know she she can use their power but she doesn't have the control of it and they just run right into
1: punches yeah she doesn't understand the power she just knows that okay superman has this you know can can hear a pin drop on the other side of the planet flashes are faster than you know the speed of sound she doesn't she knows that but she doesn't understand how to control that everyone is pretty creepy with the green eyes under ivy's
2: control
3: yeah she's like i told you to stay in the mansion i'm trying to be nice and then the next panel the you have a jessica cruz wonder woman and superman like hanging (laughs) Catwoman and batman from a skyscraper Yeah,
2: upside down, yeah. I like how
3: they, I like how you fit in Jessica Cruz and that's pretty cool. Well,
0: and even, I I
2: love her rundown of of what's coming, you know, after she tells <laughs> them that they should have stayed inside. She's being nice. I've a lantern coming, two lanterns, and Wonder Woman. Oh, and Gorilla Grodd and an army of gorillas just in case.
3: <laughs> so so she can, so she can control animals too. It's just pretty wild. Yeah.
1: Aminals. Well, anything so that anything that's anything that's eating the green. Yeah, that, that, that. even that even that, that the pages to follow bruce is just i mean beman's just kind of almost like poking the the hornet's nest you know by what, saying um,
2: isn't he always though that's how well, he lives his life <laughs> <laughs> like
1: this it's bruce being a
2: dick as yeah. he is 99 percent of the time
1: <laughs> yeah well and He wasn't expecting what was going to come after that, but, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) a whole planet consuming all that green, all those plants dying, it must be killing you. And, you know, knowing that it's eating away at Ivy, that she knows the only way that she can control the planet is by having these people eat the green. But the greens are killing plants, so he knows it's just eating her up inside
2: when she loses her cool uh, through superman that is just a face punch of all face punches and like that's a pretty horrific splash page yeah it's yeah. fucking brutal with batman's just demolished face and like he punched to the face that
0: killed him yeah it kills him
2: <laughs>
0: yep. literally, yeah literally she says he, he fucking died
3: which is <laughs> <it's> fucking crazy <laughs> i'll tell you though i i think his head would have exploded if Super. If you
0: well, again, it was depending well, it, it unless it was, unless
3: Ivy controlled the, the acceleration and yeah, power was, of the punch. It was like well, yeah.
0: it was and Ivy.
2: It there, was yeah, Ivy it using like a, a Superman like a glove, through punch. right?
0: Yeah. So it's like it was almost yeah, like it, a just, a, a lead weighted fucking boxing glove to the face. I'm sure if you looked at his face to so an X-ray, I'm sure it's i sure it's just pulverized skull. Yeah. and
3: Then uh Catwoman's at a uh, Ivy's fortress of vegetation and. uh Ivy tells Catwoman that, you know, she asks, is he dead? And she's like, he was. But Ivy brought him back. I mean, think, yo, man, think <laughs> about it. Ivy controls the Earth, metahumans, Kryptonian, Amazonian, magic, science, surgery, everything but the weather, pretty much. That's yeah. pretty crazy, man.
2: Well, uh, if she controls everyone, then it stands to reason that she's also controlling Weather wizards, so she could control yeah, the weather. Could
3: control the weather.
2: And then this part is uh really really clever where we see the returned to life bruce who is uh in the hospital bed uh still being healed yeah <laughs> and uh the dialogue uh that that follows uh, after uh after we see uh, a little more of ivy uh talking with catwoman about her motives and what she thinks she's doing you know why why she thinks She's doing the right thing, yeah. and uh, Bruce's dialogue here—you know, speaking to Ivy through whoever it is in this room here with them that we that we don't see just yet—and when you need strength, you use Superman's strength. Uh, when you need uh, to help the recovery of someone with a head injury, you use mm-hmm. someone with four PhDs in neurology. And uh, like the the reveal here, Tom King has introduced. And again, spoilers, if you haven't read it, don't listen, read the book. The very first page that Tom introduces Harley Quinn, he has already treated her with more dignity yeah. than another writer treated her with in their entire run.
3: Omnibus, two, two volumes of uh, omnibuses worth of work.
2: Yeah, two <laughs> omnibuses of making her Complete the lowest idiot. form of harley quinn possible taking her from being a genius doctor to being an idiot her with the <laughs> utmost respect and brought her in to a situation where she is there because of her intelligence yep Yep, That is how you write a character. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It
0: was a great fucking... So go interview. pick
3: up that issue. Yeah. <laughs> go, go pick up that <laughs> issue, folks. I was like,
0: damn. Yeah. Such a fucking great way to end it. And, that, and you know, Tom
3: Bruce... King just wrote a book with all three sirens in it. Oh,
0: that's right. Oh, yeah. damn.
1: Especially when Bruce at the end says... Uh, Puddin'. That's exactly what I expected. Puddin'.
2: Yeah, that was kind of strange. Yeah, Now, when Bruce was... Uh, Doing that dialogue talking about, you know, who was brought in to to basically fix his brain. Uh, I had only two possible characters going through my mind for who this was going to be. One was obviously Harleen. And the other one was, ooh, what? if she's using Tommy Elliot.
0: That's what I was thinking, hush. Oh,
2: damn!
0: Oh, man, I would have knocked on the door and been like, hey, Bad Force, man, can you
1: guys <laughs> let me back in? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think of Tommy Elliot. In fact, I mean, when I was reading it, I didn't even think, I, just, I didn't even think Harley, to be honest with you. I mean, because uh, uh, even the dialogue from the doctor, it's in that green lettering, like, still being controlled by I and... Mm-hmm. When I saw that last panel. Tom Elliot would have just—I I don't even know what I would do right now. I would—I would not even thought about them.
0: Uh, well, that's good. That's, great, great. Another, way to bring
1: in another Harley, though. issue that knocked out the park. I mean, it's not, it almost sounds like we say this every every time Tom King comes out. You know, every time Batman comes out, it's—I mean, the writing is strong. Let this man do something with the Gotham City Sirens
3: and title it the Gotham City Sirens, and not yes. Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens,
2: marketing. Yes. <laughs> like someone imagine tom king writing a series on the sirens where every issue you say oh look what he's doing with them now
3: yeah kill it ha-
2: hashtag... of, oh god look what they've done to this character
3: oh <laughs> hashtag less harley more neo joker
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if it if it's this Harley, more of this Harley. Yeah, yeah. We're Less than so that other Harley we've had.
1: Yeah, we can yeah. I, hey, I watch it, man. Gr- Grumsby pulling,
3: Grumsby pulling that shit, boy.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, a few years, you know, many years ago when they changed the look of Harley, I got over the look. I mean, I, I, I can deal with the look, but it's what's up inside the head that bugged the shit out of me. Oh shit! And, I, this. I mean, right? I mean, I. I we, I think we can all get get over the look. I mean, yeah, the jester look, the classic, is always going to be, you know, the number one, the the definitive Harley Quinn look. But I can get past the the blue and pink tipped hair. I can get past the the costume look. But it's what's up in the head that made Harley who she is. And unfortunately, I mean, for fuck's sake, I mean. One paid, Time King paid, brings her in.
3: Good shit, man. Wait, detective, was it 975 last week? We we'll get a bang out real quick. Dang. Was that the number? It was. It was the trial of Batwoman for the past 40 issues. So Batman comprised the team. <laughs> Batwoman, Cassandra Cain, spoiler, <laughs> Tim Drake, Clayface. So
1: wait, uh, was the big is was... fast forward basically? I was gonna say you know uh, Clayface had kind of gone crazy due to Mudface kind of antagonizing them. Yeah, clearly, the size of like a almost like a Godzilla-sized clayface. Uh,
3: Batwoman had to kill him, and oh, this spoilers. didn't sit right. This didn't sit right with Cassandra Kane or a lot of the Bat Family. So there's a meeting in the Bat Cave about whether or not to, um, I guess, kick Batwoman out of the Bat Family or take the Bat away or whatever. And um, it's funny. It's funny because a uh, Batgirl and Jason, my man, Jason Todd, Booker, Booker, <laughs> they, they kind of want they, they're sticking up for batwoman kate kind of wanted to stay and the others are, it, it's, it was a big debate going back and forth bringing up different things and uh batgirl thinks it, it had more has more to do with batman's ego and blah 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 cuts to the end where um kate kane is visiting her mother's grave right and then was it her father that showed up and yes. then that's where it shows that kate decides to join to lead the college so yeah. and
2: I, she, her, oh I i love how he already knew what her decision was you know he he shows up at his yeah. wife's grave her mother's grave while she's there to pay respects, and he shows up as if he's there too and when kate says you know that she she's gonna accept his offer and she's gonna join in with him here we go good thing i've got these giant fucking ships here already uh, <laughs> let, let's let's go get started
1: that well, makes sense even has a uniform for her. I mean, instead of, it's the same Batwoman uh, uniform, but instead of the Bat symbol, it's the Colony symbol. So he's already got that all set up. He's got a helmet for her. I mean, he's already rock and roll. Yeah,
3: Lock it kind of makes sense that Kate Kane would do something like that. She's she's a bit of a loose cannon. Um, cool character. I like her a lot more yeah. than like Bat. Like, well, they had to Kate my, Kane. So
2: my my oh, favorite sure. part of of this story since she pulled the trigger has been. The emotion that we've seen from Cass. Yeah, Cass, yeah. It's just, tough. you know, how much she's just lost it. And Cause every Cat, Cat scene where the, she's just losing it on Kate.
3: cad ripped the bats symbol of Kate, right? That's what happened. Yeah, yeah Cass yeah. it up. Yeah. So that's that's intense, and you know what? Though in this latest issue, it was, it was I don't know what it was about Pennyworth looking over Cass now and set, telling her that he wanted to have brownies to watch the the ballet on TV. You know, wouldn't get it done in time unless he had a helping hand. And then they're making him in the in Wayne Manor together. I don't know why, but I thought that was kind of cool. You know, the like the bad family. I like Sandra Kane a lot. She's fucking awesome. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty cool with her under Alfred's wing, I guess you could say. Or yeah, super. Big.
1: Well, with all the Robins, I mean. You know, I mean, uh, you got Batman, but Batman leaves at night and before the Robins were ready, you know, it's almost like Batman's that I wouldn't even he starts off as being like a father figure to all the Robins or all the Bat family. But Alfred is like the more I think he even is more of the father figure, by, you know, stitching them up or, hey, let's have tea and watch, like you said, the Russian ballet or, you know, he takes them under his wing to, you know, kind of bring that humanity back to the child.
3: Yeah, uh, he really Batman. Alfred really does bring the humanity into uh, the Bat Family. Nightwing, anything happen uh, with Nightwing? Anyone?
1: I didn't read it. It's kind. Of, I mean, it's hard to follow up after three great stories. You know, three great titles so far: uh, White Knight, Batman, Detective. Let's continue on with uh, where Nightwing's facing the judge. Last time we saw Dick, he was chained to a chair in the part of Bloodhaven that was flooding, and the the water rose above. Nightwing's head. He can't get it out. He's you know, trying to find, you know, a float like a fork that's floating and he can't get you know, he can't reach it, um, to try and get himself out of the chains. Um, he does kind of um, this octopus comes up kind of a neat little way to, to get to to get free. He actually headbutts the octopus, which pisses him off and the octopus wraps around, tentacles around Nightwing, excuse me, to try and squeeze him to death. And in, in doing so that actually breaks the chair. Nightwing's able to escape. Kind of something that, you know, you would see you know, Batman. Do I mean he he meets up with uh, what's that? Uh, Robin, you read it right. What was that one girl's name? Um, uh, Babe Ruthless. Um, uh, yes, I, yeah, she was uh,
2: first time that Dick visited Bloodhaven with Batman when he uh, when he had just become Robin.
1: Uh, she was Bloodhaven's uh, vigilante. He finds out that she betrayed, um, kind of set him up to, pass him up to go into a trap because she was given uh, the the famous gold casino chip. That the judge gives everybody the, you know, promises, um, gives you your wildest dreams, you know, the thing you want most, as long as you do a favor for him and be ruthless. It was to get night, uh, you know, Nightwing into a trap. And then you fast forward to the judge is in a limo with all these teddy bears. Nightwing obviously escapes, and he's on a motorcycle. He busts through a casino where. The judge and the judge's, I guess, his assistant are in the casino. They're going up to the penthouse area to meet with someone. They bust through the casino doors on a motorcycle and starts kicking the shit out of, who is it, the the League of Limousine Assassins. Um, That
2: was the one that I was, uh, (laughs) I I, I can never remember their name. Uh, Fast (laughs) and Furious Limousine Service, what were they called?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's fighting him. In the meantime, we see the judge is talking to, uh, was that the mayor? Holderman? Uh, uh, he was an older man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Robin's here all week, folks. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Basically, the the judges convincing this guy to commit this act. We don't know what it is yet. The, the judge gives this guy a, a teddy bear backpack. If the guy doesn't follow with what the judge says, then his whole background will be exposed. He, you know, tied with blackmail and payoffs and blood money. So Nightwing. Um, Bust through the penthouse door where this 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 guy Holderman is there. Holderman's holding the this teddy bear backpack, and he's saying, "You better get out of here before the timer's up." And Nightwing's like, "Wait a minute, it's a bomb! Don't let in." The guy says, "Well, I have no choice." And you see the the bomb's already at three seconds, and then just blows up in big explosion and that's kind of where we left off we don't know if Nightwing escapes I mean he's probably, he's probably dead you know knowing how the DC Comics is and how major characters go but I mean uh, Sam Humphreys again is um, writing a strong story most likely going to be the, the next issue is going to be the uh, final issue of uh, The Judge Versus Nightwing. Uh, Bernard Chang's doing uh, did the art on this issue. Yeah, he's been he's been killing Nightwing as of late. I think has been actually stepped up in its game. I don't know when when the series first started. It was kind of kind of no name characters. What was it the uh, the runoffs? You know, kind of these lesser known people. I think as of recently Nightwing's definitely has uh, kicked up a notch. So if you're a fan of Dick Grayson. Excuse me. Then again, it's another another good issue. All right, boys.
3: So whatever, what else happened in the stash this week? Shout out to Kevin Smith, man.
0: <laughs> Kevin Smith. Oh, pretty, Kevin Smith. A, Kevin yeah. Smith.
3: Kevin Smith and Stan Lee are, well, had a <clears throat> rough fucking week, man. Dude, uh, <laughs> as
0: <laughs> as we speak, Legends just uh, sent us a DM of a link that did you guys hear about Stan Lee? getting uh robbed of 2 million so Stan, Yeah, I heard about Stan that Stanley cash, cash in his house <clears throat> at, no, no no at the beginning of the week Stanley noticed that um actually he I think he noticed a while ago he noticed 2 million dollars missing from his bank account like how the fuck do you miss 2 million and he like didn't have any idea where it went so he called the cops and they came to his house and he was like interviewing them and shit and then uh this this report just comes out Stan Lee fires manager and his nurse who gave him naked showers over plot to estrange him from his daughter's sole heir as cops probe missing millions and he battles pneumonia. So Stan Lee's manager and one of the nurses that worked for him were fucking like basically, uh, robbing him. Dirty, dirty. Yeah, so, dirty
3: man. Yeah, dirty.
0: But um, <laughs> a nurse was giving him naked showers and giving him happy endings. Apparently. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah, boy, grandpa goals. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways,
0: I mean, I, I guess uh, silver lining. I guess that story. Old man Stan was mm. still getting it, getting taken care of. But um, yeah, man, freaking uh, man. Kevin Smith almost died last Sunday. He
3: had like the biggest yeah. blockage you could have. I guess. And, it's, yeah, uh, he had a.
0: Complete blockage of
2: one part of his your heart. Main, your main artery, hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's
3: crazy. It's crazy what they told him because he was like, because he said he lost like eighty five pounds and he was walking a lot, of, and they said that. Well, this has been a long time coming. You know, this is yeah. a ba- block up for like years and years past and whatnot. So it's
0: and it doesn't matter if you've got bad genetics because his dad died of a heart attack and then his mom has heart problems. Yeah. So that like fun, that you know. mixed with the dude eating whatever he wants probably for the better part of twenty years
3: smoking that weed, boy. Yeah. Does
0: weed but, fuck uh, with your Does weed fuck with your arteries or your or the Does it build up uh, cholesterol in your in your shit?
3: Doesn't it make people like, lethargic and just I gives you tits. Like, not want to move
0: and want to eat? It gives you titties, but I don't know yeah. about anything else.
1: Cause they, I mean, there's. Oh. I mean, they, You know, there's those studies that uh, help with the cancer and other things. I know that THC cleans the fat cells. I mean, so I've heard. Yeah. So. <laughs> trust be lighting them up, boy.
0: <laughs> 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 I,
3: I, I tell you, though, I'm glad Kevin's. I'm not. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you motherfuckers. You know, I, I'm not a Kevin Smith fan, but. I am really glad he pulled through. You know, he does have a family, and I do love comic book men. Believe it or not, I love that show. So. Yeah, I,
2: I'm I'm glad that uh, he made the decision he did. Uh, if anyone doesn't know the whole story, so uh, a lot of night Kevin does uh, double shows. You know, he'll he does you know live performances. Sometimes it's podcast recordings. Sometimes it's uh, like Q and A thing. Sometimes he books two shows in one night. So you know, he'll he'll take the stage and you know do a show for an hour audience then uh the show ends they they'll clear out the place and then all the people that buy tickets for the next show will come in he comes back out on the stage and does the second show so mm-hmm. in between the two shows he was feeling really bad was hurting uh, he vomited and wasn't still wasn't feeling any better and uh luckily he uh, he made the decision to uh that you know oh, well I, I better cancel the second show tonight i i need to go off to and uh his his manager uh called an ambulance and they got him to the hospital and the doctor said if you had done that second show you would have died mm. oh wow
3: yeah wow fucking nuts fucking yeah, nuts man Oof.
0: um so, he, al- uh, he also said that uh uh he didn't think he was having a heart attack he thought he had food poisoning because yeah, yeah. He, he just felt yeah, nauseous he and then he vomited and so he was just like oh man i think like,
3: people think heart attack is like a, yeah it's like a misconception i think a lot of people think a heart attack is like your heart stops but it's usually, like, you sweat a lot, um, you throw up, you feel sick, shitty, disoriented. Yeah. And it feels like a, like an elephant sitting on your chest. Well.
0: From from what? Uh, well, I like, and you I can't catch a, your breath no matter what you do. I had a family member who had a heart attack, <laughs> and they survived, luckily. And they told me that it feels like coming off of a roller coaster. You're, you're like, you're amped up. Yeah. So, like, you're sweaty because, like, it's, like, nervous sweats. It's, like, almost like, I don't know if you've ever been, like, uh, scared fucking, like, shitless out of your mind. And, like, Mm. you're so scared that, like, your heartbeat picks up and, like, you start sweating and you feel, like, a a feeling of, like, fear and dread. And uh, he said that's what it felt like. It was, like, he's, like, I I didn't think, he's, like, I didn't think I was having one. I thought I was just having, like, a panic attack. But he said what what gave it away is that you feel, like, you feel pressure or you feel, like, uh, a weight on your chest when there's nothing there. And he goes, okay, that's what this is. Because if it was just yeah. a panic attack, I wouldn't be feeling this shit on my chest.
3: Plus, you don't really throw up from panic attacks. Like, that's extremely, extremely rare. Like, it has to be, like, insanely severe. And maybe even that's also. Wow. But they pulled through. Yeah, it's scary, man. You know what's and, crazy, uh, too? It's yeah, like, crazy shit, man.
0: You forget. Because he's not, like, an A-lister by any... Well, I mean, I guess you could kind of say, in know, in a sense, maybe, but not, not nowadays. But um, it's been so long since ta- Kevin Smith was, like, a really huge like mainstream household name that you forget how many people he influenced because uh, like elementary school and like middle school growing up I remember it was like always like oh did you see the new Kevin Smith movie or did you see the Kevin Smith movies Kevin Smith movie because it, it was yeah. always like the naughty bad movies that you weren't allowed to watch as a kid you know. So it's like that, – that's what – that it was almost like South Park. It's like, oh, did you see the new South Park? Like, as a little kid, you're not supposed to watch that shit. You're not allowed to watch it. And so, so like – but the thing is, like, everyone watched those movies. So all these, like, A-list yeah. celebrities now are saying, like, you know, I'm glad he's okay because he was a huge inspiration to me. Chris Pratt, um, all these fucking, like, all these A-list Hollywood fucking movie stars. And it's like, oh, my God, like, you forget uh- – how many people this guy's like touched?
2: Ice Cube, Ice Cube, and uh, I'm losing his name now. The guy, the guy that directed Friday.
0: Oh. um uh, the,
2: But uh, two of them both have told Kevin Smith that, at different points that they see like when they made Friday, they saw it as they were making the Black Clerks.
3: Yeah, it kind of was the Black Clerks. Now that I think about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never, th- I never thought Because all they're doing is just like nothing. It's just two of them just. Yeah, like, nothing
0: yeah <laughs> and they don't really go anywhere <laughs> yeah. and they're just talking the whole time speaking of
2: which uh there's a uh, there, there's another friday movie coming really it's called saturday yeah yeah they they're doing another I, it's called the last friday or final friday or something like that. Is Rebecca but, Black uh, doing the, uh, the,
0: the, the soundtrack
2: oh i hope so
0: Friday, Friday. Gotta get trunks on Friday.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh. All right man.
0: A... Well, I mean to wrap it on up, man, I thought that was gonna be hush coming up at the end of that Batman forty two, man. I was about to
4: <laughs> head on up
0: to the Bad Force Hotel, knock on the door, be like, Hey man, you guys got any more rooms open huh, any vacancies? <laughs> but uh, anyhow, thanks for listening, uh guys, and we will catch up with you again. Uh, at a later date, and uh, over and out. Back with us out later. Hey. Hot
3: Tom, TV. are you recording that?
0: I recorded it, yeah.